Meanwhile, in the pod cave. Back to another edition of the Podman. I'm Brad. I'm Brian. I'm Podman Ron. And I'm Alex. Alex, welcome back. We missed you last week as we took a quick trip to Margaritaville. Uh, but we're glad to have you back, <laughs> oh, nonetheless. Wow. Uh, was that like over a week ago? Was that our last one? That was our last episode. Yeah, we I'd like we've, to apologize to the listeners out there for... Uh, give a little uh, little tips there. No, no, I think it was fine. I think it probably did scare off the one and only guest that we've ever had on the Podman. We probably will never have another guest. I would say after that, but uh, Kevin did a fine job, and yeah, maybe maybe we will have him back on sometime to tell us more well, tattoo adventures. I, all I all I heard about it was that a map of tiny little things is just one of the most well-written movies of all time yeah it was just good it was good it was just it was just good did you watch it did you watch it brad no i've not yet but uh again going back and listening to your review of it how can how can one not watch it after such a uh it brought a pod man to tears uh, it almost brought a pod man to tears in your fantastically uh descriptive uh (laughs) review that you gave it was good Mm. It's good. But anyway, let's not reminisce too far uh, quite yet because we've got a lot of stuff to cover here. Again, it's probably been a good almost two weeks uh, since we recorded. Uh, and Podman Ron loves to keep us on a schedule, uh, of a weekly schedule. So we got a lot to catch I up. I tried to. I yeah. tried to. So. With this crew, it's hard because Brian likes to take vacation every other week and go to the beach Everybody where is. he lives anyway. But uh, th- 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 let's not worry about that. Let's get to the news. <laughs> All right, in the news, we've got uh, we've got news, we've got casting, we've got trailers, we've got controversy. Uh, let's start off with uh, some trailers. Uh, again, it's a, maybe a couple of weeks old now, but we finally get a look at what the Eternals have to offer. Uh, and uh, is anybody buying it so far? Not so far. I've got a theory. I've got a theory because there's something wonky with the trailer. And I haven't heard anybody else talk about it either. But uh, I'll I'll save it for a second. What are y'all's thoughts? Uh, you know, uh, it looked different. Uh, as in, it doesn't look like anything else that Marvel has done. Or, or let me, it doesn't look like a traditional superhero movie, which we didn't expect in the first place. Uh, <laughs> however, I'm not so sure that I'm interested in it. I admire it that it may be an original story that we haven't seen before. Uh, but I'm not sure. The trailer didn't sell me on it whatsoever, I guess. Yeah, what did, what did you say, Brian? You broke up. I was going through a dead zone. What I was going to say, say that I, I noticed something that nobody else has mentioned so far in the trailer, and it's it's making me think that a certain thing's going to happen because you they got to explain why they didn't intervene when you know with any of the Thanos stuff. <laughs> why didn't they help out at all? Oh, so. I think that's where they're going to start helping out. I think it's we're going to see a. 
we're going to see the Eternals like through certain ages of time, and then that's probably going to bring them like maybe I don't know. We're just uh, I I was just guessing that that's the Thanos thing is what's going to make them like start reacting, come out so, of hiding, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Just well, my thoughts. I had forgotten Thanos is half eternal, half deviant. So, like, I guess they can they can tie into that. Like, they didn't hmm. they didn't intervene because he's a part of their lineage. If they go that route, it's like a Fast and Furious thing. He's he's family, you know. He's family. <laughs> there you go. That's right. He's, he's yeah. family. So, um, the, oh, go ahead, Alex. No, you can go ahead. No, the thing that I noticed that was wonky was. Uh, yeah, obviously they've got to say they've got to mention Steve Rogers and and Tony Stark, right? right? You know, to make sure don't forget this is a part of the MCU. You know, so they got to mention that trailer. But and I, I don't know what character it is, but there's a character <laughs> on the Eternals that's a fanboy, and and he's fashioned himself a Captain America shield, right? right. But it's it's set. It it looks like it's set in the past, like it's with because. Uh, they they reference like a volcano erupting, you know, in the past, which may be Pompeii. They reference, you know, um, uh, the gardens of Babylon, right? Uh, but then you see this guy with a shield, but he's w- carrying a Captain America shield, and it looks like the scene is set, you know, a thousand years ago, right? Mid 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 medieval uh, times or something like that. Or, yeah, yeah. So it's like, why would he have a Captain America shield back then, unless they're on some sort of time loop? So maybe they're, since they are Eternals, they've seen the world reset and relaunch again and again, and so this was a second pass, and 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 he became a fan of Steve Rogers. And then when the time reset and it started all over again, that's why he's got a Captain America shield. He needs to fashion a shield, and so he feel like fashions a shield, even though it was a thousand years ago. It was the huh. second time around the timeline. You see what I mean? Yeah. Or the or the or the 87th time around the timeline, whatever. So they're not they're not getting involved because they know how it turns out. Ah, oh, okay. right. Because okay. it because they're eternal, they just keep the world, the universe just keeps resetting and starting over. And they just keep riding around it like a a race car on like a track. A, yeah, like a Velociraptor roller coaster or something. Ah, there you go. Segway. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, that that sounds about as reasonable as anything else that you could derive from the trailer, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there was I – mean, maybe it was the lack of action or, again, I not that I need an action-packed movie – uh, but it just had no, I, it didn't hold anything for me. There's nothing I, in it that made me say, hey, you may want to check this out. <laughs> I, I think that couldn't have been lower. I right, think, right. The, I think the, the aspect between the, the connecting point between it and Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi, uh, and uh, this sort of, I guess not even thematic, but this sort of release type movie of these, nobody know characters like zero attention zero fucks given from general audiences is that i will say it looks like marvel is like well fuck it we can do whatever we want with these properties um in my opinion and i think and to be fair i think i'm more excited for both of these after both of their trailers than i am any other mcu project besides loki um i think 
Uh, Eternals looks really Chloe Zhao. I mean, let's not forget this is her first, I mean, her second feature film ever, and she just came off an Oscar winning both as a director and for Best Picture for her first feature film ever. Um, the film looks beautiful. Uh, will it be a commercial success? Probably not. But are we are we still talking about the Eternals? Yeah, I, but I do think <laughs> it, it's a really it's a really pretty looking movie. Chloe yeah, Zhao loves Chloe Zhao loves natural lighting. She loves that sense of like uh, ambiance and the beauty of the earth. And I think melding that style with the Eternals plus apparently it's testing really well with audiences uh, mm. from reports. And like it's one, and it was a movie that Kevin Feige was just pitched to by Chloe Zhao, and he was in immediately. So actually, everything right. we've been hearing about it, it actually sounds pretty great. The whole thing sounds stupid from us because no one likes the Eternals and no one knows. But in the end, it might turn out to be one of the better MCU movies. And I feel the same thing with Shang Chi. I think both of these movies, because they're so out there and because they're such no-name properties like Guardians of the Galaxy, you can do whatever the fuck you want with them. And I think people may have a change of heart once they come out in September and November, respectively. Uh, well, so I'm interested. You, you've sold me more on the Eternals than the trailer did. I'll be honest with you, Alex. I, I'm really interested. <laughs> Nomadland, to be fair, though, Nomadland wasn't my cup of tea, uh, but it was a good movie. And I think Chloe Zhao really has something promising within this. So, right. yeah. All right, she's a promising kid. We'll keep our eye on, on her. Uh, Podman Ron, any thoughts on the Eternals? Yeah, I just, you know, I, I, you know, I don't want to say anything negative anymore because Marvel always seems to surprise me. Yeah, you know, yeah. always they they always do. I, I mean, I didn't have much faith in Guardians of the Galaxy, and it turned out to be one of my favorite Marvel movies, uh, both of them. Um, so, you know. It, We'll just see when he gets here how they do it and how they interact and everything. I'm I'm curious as to what happens. All right. Cautiously curious. Cautiously curious. Well, yeah, cautiously uh, curious. Uh, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, Brian's uh, man crush of uh, of uh, Chris Pratt, uh, he's got a new movie coming out. I'm, I I haven't even watched the trailer yet for the Tomorrow War. Where did this come from? Who? What is this movie about? That actually looks pretty good. It's on Amazon Prime. It uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, what was it? Uh, Live Die Repeat. Okay. Yep. So apparently, you know, uh, the premise is he comes. They the military from thirty years from today comes back in time to today to enlist to basically draft men into the army of the future because. Uh, if they don't win the war, there's no future. The world ends in 30 years. Okay. And so, uh, yeah. And he's, uh, ex-Marine and gets drafted and gets drafted. It kind of follows him. But, uh, you know, I, anytime there's like these time loop, you know, time par- paradox type movies. There you go. Yeah. It's like, I want to make sure they have their, their shit together because, if I get stuck in a loophole or, or like they don't explain stuff or they create a paradox, it always bothers me. It takes me out of the movie at this point. So the, unless the movie has a really good internal logic and awareness of itself, 
Uh, this could be a shit show. Yeah. So. If you want a good time travel movie, Podman Ron has one to suggest to you, but you should check that out on Amazon as well. Map of Tiny Perfect Things. Uh, Podman Ron, Alex, any reaction to the Tomorrow War mo- trailer? I, I'm Okay, before PMR says it looks good, I'm going to be honest. It, it is it is like a lived IRP and, and, and kind of concept similarity, but from the minute I finished watching the trailer, I just went, this just looks like Independence, Independence Day Resurgence uh, <laughs> fucking three. I, I think this movie looks like shit. Wow. Um, I'm not interested at all. I don't give a fuck. I hate these sort of apocalyptic movies. They're so worn out. They're fuck. They were supposed to come out 30 years ago, and I don't know why people still go see them. No wonder the shit's coming out on streaming. If it's good, I'll bite my fucking words, but it looked like shit, and I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I don't know why you say it looks like shit. I, I thought it looked, and I'm, I don't like apoc- apocalyptic movies either, but I like this concept. I mean, I thought it was a kind of a cool idea that, you know, that because the human race is practically wiped out in the future, that the only place they've got to get soldiers to fight for it is, is, the, is the past and bring yeah, them that, in. That's and cool. But it just looks like an independent cool. day resurgence. I mean, it's the uh, same. Uh, it's that same vein of group well, of soldiers. It's all, it's all, with the all, same. all from different the places. Same. Blah blah blah. And it's like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I hope. I hope it's good. I I, I wouldn't mind to see a, a some sort of a different sci-fi or different take on something. I mean. Something other than a Marvel movie or a DC movie or a Star Wars. I mean, just something different. But we'll see. It's on Amazon Prime. Is it? When's it come out? July, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, give it a shot. Give it a shot. Well, you got to lose, right? Yeah, exactly. You can relive the '90s, Alex, by by watching this movie. It sounds like. Mm. <laughs> All right. Mm. <laughs> well, speaking of. Uh, uh, reliving stuff uh, and on Amazon. Uh, James Bond may be coming to to an Amazon near you. Uh, that Amazon has bought the MGM uh, uh, library and everything, and maybe they have a lot of plans for James Bond. Maybe James Bond goes into outer space again, a la Moonraker. Who knows? But uh, you know, any any thoughts on trying to uh, you know? Uh, was it worth? I forgot what the money was, the dollar amount was, but was it worth the James Bond and Rocky Library? Yeah, it was eight and a half million, <laughs> a billion, a million, billion, millions of billions of dollars for Rocky and uh, and James Bond, and maybe a few other things, right? Maybe some musicals in there. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I'm trying to think what uh, what all uh, other properties they got from from buying it. Um, nothing <laughs> exactly. Nothing. Uh, yeah, so they, hopefully yeah, they will do yeah, something. Think, like, what else did they get? Um, I think they got. Oh shit! There was some other stuff because they they went over it. On the news yeah. Uh, oh, while you're from... while you're thinking about that, I mean, if uh, again, if I think we've said this before, if you could do something or another, if you could figure out something or another to do with the James Bond universe then you know you could have a pretty good universe built there you could build a really good world there with gadgets and action and all that kind of stuff uh and you could have a lot of different double agents and uh bad guys and all that kind of stuff i i I think that that would be great if you could build that out uh i just you know 
it almost feels like for James, like James Bond now, I don't think I've seen the last handful of Bond movies uh, because they're so serious sort of like. And uh, to me, Bond movies have always, you know, I grew up with Roger Moore, the, the best of the Bonds. Um, it, the the uh, yeah. plots are always okay. completely convoluted and kind of idiotic for the most part. Uh, so you just kind of go to watch, you know, explosions and cars turn into boats type thing. Uh, but it seems like the the latter ones with Daniel Craig are more, you know, less reliant on gadgets and stuff like that and more on the espionage part of it, which, uh, you know, holds a little bit less attraction for me. Okay, so they also own uh, the Hobbit series. Ah. Okay. They have the Hobbit series. Interesting. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that's right. You're right. They do. They have the and the Pink Panther. Show and the oh, Pink- well, there you go. Oh, and uh, that, there you go. You could merge Pink Panther and uh, James Bond universes. James Bond goes mm. after the Pink Panther, yeah. yeah. And he has to team up with Inspector Clouseau. <laughs> and like, I, I will say, I've said this before in the podcast, and I'll, I'll say it again. The only way you're going to – to me, James Bond belongs in the 60s. Yeah. And they they really need to – the next James Bond set it in the 60s again. Because I, and me, we've talked about this too. That the movie that never got any credit was uh, Man from Uncle at the movie theater with uh, yeah. Superman, whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. That that was a really good movie. It was set in the sixties. It was a spy movie, and uh, it was really, really, really good. And that's what that's what James Bond kind of needs. It needs to go back to that old world spy feel. Well, MGM also has Amityville Horror. Hmm. Um, and Candyman, Killer oh. Clowns from Space. Ah, one uh, of my favorites. Uh, the Silence of the Lambs. They have a lot of horror properties. Carrie, um, tons of horror. Pumpkinhead. Okay. I love Pumpkinhead. Uh, the Belco Experiment, uh, mm-hmm. which is a fun movie. Yep. Uh, Child's Play, so Chucky and everybody. They had all these like really weird horror properties. Huh, okay. Um, so besides Bond and Hobbit and Rocky, that's that's pretty much what they've been doing for the last forty years. All right, well. they should. Uh, I'll call. It, I'll call it. They should do like their own MCU, but based on all these horror characters. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Like have Candyman and Chucky and Pumpkinhead, right? Puppet all team ma- up. Puppet Master. Puppet Master. Yeah. Oh yeah. Isn't, isn't no? It's not the. It's not Candyman. He's getting his own movie. Yeah. Well, there he is. They they're rebooting. Is yeah. They're rebooting it. Yeah. Candyman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's Nia DaCosta who's making Captain Marvel two, or the Marvels. Ah, yeah, same director. Oh, Lordy! All right, too well. much. Well, we'll we'll look forward to uh, the uh, the MGM cinematic horror universe in about With five Bond. or six years from now. Bond fights Rocky. Bond fights Rocky. <laughs> there you go. The UK versus oh, US. Oh. Why not? Uh, speaking of fighting, let's go over to some casting news. Uh, one of, uh, Spider-Man's arch enemies, Craven the Hunter has been cast, uh, with, with bounce around guy of, uh, the MCU and, uh, Godzilla franchise. He seems to star in these one, one shot movies and then goes away. But, uh, uh, Aaron, uh, Johnson Smith. Um, Eric Taylor Johnson. Eric Taylor Johnson, whatever his name is. Yeah. So. Uh, any thoughts on that? I mean, he's maybe not necessarily the first pick, but uh, sure, why not? 
Yeah, they flatly said he wasn't the first pick. They said, who was the first pick, though? Brad Pitt. Oh, what? Brad Pitt? Yeah, they said Brad Pitt was the first pick, and then somebody else crazy was the second pick. Yeah. It's got to feel great for, you know, Hollywood Reporter to tell everybody you were the third pick for their role. What were... What were they going for? Like Pretty Boy? I mean, for Craven the Hunter? Pretty I mean, Boy Craven, yeah. Be, yeah I mean, well, Brad Pitt be, hasn't been necessarily a pretty boy in a while. Well, I know, but he doesn't describe <laughs> the Hunter. I mean, I mean, he's a great actor, but he is not exactly Craven. I figure they were trying to tap into the Inglorious Bastards, Brad Pitt. So. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, so again, uh, that's casting news, but is it really news? Uh, well, I mean, I, he's a, this guy that they cast is like a chameleon. I mean, I, it's like, <laughs> right. he, he really is. I mean, I don't, I mean, I remember him as, you know, Quicksilver. I barely remember him in that Godzilla movie and, you know, and in Kick-Ass. So, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I, I don't think it's the best casting, but. Who it's not necessarily the best character either, so good enough. <laughs> oh, I always like Craven. I think Craven's a cool it's a cool concept, but you know, again, I I don't think I would have introduced Craven in his own movie. I think it would have been better if he would have been, you know, hunting Spider Man and a villain than Spider Man. But whatever. Yeah, I mean Sony keeps trying and it's like they still don't understand what they have. all they have is Spider Man. That's it. And so Sony would be better off just selling Spider-Man back to Marvel completely, and just yeah. just cashing out completely yeah. on it because nobody's. I mean, they said. Well, I thought this was a little a little tidbit this week, but they're not going to be able to do a Silver Sable movie or a Black Cat movie or a. Thank God, nobody's going to want to see that crap. <laughs> right. Hardly anybody wanted to see uh, you know Vision or uh, Venom, Venom, the, yeah. uh, Venom, right? I mean, so I wouldn't say it, hardly anyone. Vision. Well, that's true. Venom wasn't. $850 million success? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I understand what you're saying, Brian. I mean, if you keep using all of Spider-Man's allies and and, and his Rose gal- Gallery in their own separate movie away from Spider-Man, then it's just kind of – that's kind of dumb. I, mean, I agree. I well, because waited. they didn't they didn't get any heroes in the deal. All they I got was villains. I would have waited until Morbius came out before announcing some a project like this. And now oh, they're God, like, I forgot about Morbius. When's yeah, that just come out? No one even talks about it anymore. It's coming out in, like, I think, September. It's like, I think Sony should have waited off to see how Venom 2 and Morbius does before they talk about a Craven the Hunter movie. And now a Black Cat movie has been talked about for the last two days. <laughs> right. Uh, Felicity Jones again. It's like, Sony, Sony keeps thinking that this is what people want, and they're going to realize that there's now a problem in a multiversal clash. But well, see, I, that out, I don't know. Bringing this back full circle, I almost said this a minute ago, I think MC uh, Marvel is going to get kind of kicked in the nuts with Phase 4. I don't think Eternals is going to do whatever, what you know very well. I, it's probably going to be the lowest grossing Marvel movie. So my, my curiosity is, you know, once those kind of tank, how quickly... Do they trot out? Oh, guess what? Steve Rogers is back. Captain America's back. <laughs> He's alive. Like how quickly they they, they I, correct I'm, course. I'm going to disagree here. Um, I, I would agree, but Marvel's ability so far to conjure up even the Avengers in in the single instance 
those Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy, 20 years ago, these properties had no chance of ever gracing anything. And somehow the MCU's made it work. Now, Eternals not, might, might not be the biggest box office success, but if it can drive a word of mouth, Eternals just needs to drive a word of mouth in terms of critics, critics' consensus. If it can't do that, then it ain't going to work. But I do think with if they release it somewhat early to critics and they see it and the word of mouth starts going and buzzing, I do think that movie has the potential to do $700 million. I'm going to put it out there. I don't want to be a billion-dollar maker, but I could see Eternal still being a big success for Marvel critically and because of that financially, in my opinion. Well, we will see. A big, uh, a big, uh, big risk that they're taking, it feels like, with uh, their next Phase 4 stuff. And uh, Sony, Sony taking a big risk on a bunch of uh, villains that no one cares about. Uh, well, especially crazy. considering, uh, you know, we what what happened with Immortals or uh, Inhumans. Yeah. Right. I mean, what a shit show that turned out to be. So. Yeah. And Inhumans, so. well, I, I would argue, and only because of out of uh, not really knowing much about the Eternals, but I think in, you had more uh, uh, potential with the Inhumans to make them more accessible. To they, Joe Schmo. they interact with yeah they interact with the MCU a lot more in the comics than the yeah. Eternals ever did so more again maybe arguably more interesting characters or whatever um, uh, and then the other casting news is uh, Shooter McGavin joining the uh, uh, secret uh, what is it Secret Wars uh, uh, Secret Invasion Secret Invasion series, yeah. thank you. Uh, Joining uh, Nick, uh, shit, Nick Fury, and uh, see Shooter McGavin teaming up. And uh, any, I mean, uh, we don't know much about Secret Invasion other than what the comic books have told us. But any thoughts on who uh, the Christopher, whatever his name's going to play? McDonald. McDonald. Christopher McDonald. But everybody knows him as Shooter McGavin. Yes, of so. course. Not sure who he's going to play, but clearly he has to be the villain. Always, I mean, villain. he's always like the dirtbag yeah. in anything he's in. So e- even in Greece Two, which is where I know him from, he was a dirtbag in Greece Two. Was one of the greasy Thunderbirds. Uh, what else in the news? Oh, and then uh, you know, again, we can't have news without a little bit of controversy, I guess. John Cena, uh, everybody, everybody's favorite peace uh, peacekeeper. Uh, got in a little trouble or a little hot water and had to apologize to an entire nation. <laughs> and then and, and pissed off the world when he did. And then, so he apologized to us. You know, he apologized to one country and pissed off all the others. Yeah, that's why it's just it's easier just to go into hiding and not even be a superstar, I would say. Yeah, just shut up. Just shut up. So yeah. You, you so want to review, review what happened here real quick, Brian? Yeah, because I found this, like, fascinating. Like, uh, there, there's, like, several, like, uh, uh, kind of caveats to all this and, 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 and the reasoning behind it. That, that I don't know that people necessarily understand why it was such a controversy when it happened. But essentially, uh, he said that Taiwan was going to be one of the first countries in the world to see the Suicide Squad. That sounds fine and to me. What's wrong with that? China does not recognize Taiwan as a country. China <laughs> believes Taiwan is an extension of the Chinese Empire and belongs to them. The which, rest of the world, which and, and, I, I completely and, agree with, by the way, just going on record for that. For, there you go. If this is getting out there to China, 
to the point that China has blocked Taiwan from from joining the UN to date. But the rest of the world globally recognizes Taiwan as a country. So Cena said Taiwan's going to be one of the first countries in the world to see it, then had to backpedal and say and apologize to China and, for for um, offending them. And he didn't go as far as to say China, China, Taiwan was not a country, but <laughs> but he, he uh, apologized profusely yes. for his mistake. And so it was like, well, why the hell did he do that? You know, I mean, it's uh, it seems like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, right? right? Like, right. like you're gonna pit, and, you're only gonna make it worse. And I think he apologized in Mandarin. He did, right? Which is kind of <laughs> probably blew everybody's mind to begin with. That here's John Cena speaking Mandarin, right? Correct. Oh, yeah. Pandering. Oh my God! It was like, dude. I so, mean, I know but, he was in a rock and a hard place, but my God, it just he just continued to make it worse. Well, now here's the thing. He does know Mandarin. Like, uh, he's, I've seen him break out Mandarin before because apparently he decided to learn it like 10, yeah. 8, 10 years ago when they were, uh, like, as a part of, honestly, WWE when they were doing like press tours in China and everything. Yeah. Like, he decided, I'm going to take it on myself to learn Mandarin. Right. Which so is this, it is kind of, kind of smart on his, you know, behalf. He's like, hey, this is where my audience is. I better learn the language, right? And then he offended him, you know. <laughs> well, he learned Mandarin enough to completely offend him. Right. So, uh, but then I started, so then I started looking and it's, and essentially it's all money. It's all money that's driving this. Sure. And China is still a communist country and they only allow a handful of U.S. movies to be released in China every year, like maybe 10. Um, and the ones that are released, a lot of times are heavily edited in, in order to make it there, right. uh, to, to, to open up in China. So I went through uh, just some of the interesting ones. Um, when Black Panther came out, the, uh, the film's poster was edited to put his mask back on. <laughs> you remember the, the photo? The, the poster was him kind of staring down, uh, but his mask is off. Well, right, but you saw Chadwick's face. You saw Chadwick's face. They edited to put the mask back on because they didn't want to broadcast that the, the main character was African American. Uh, that was one. Uh, some of the other ones, and this gets, this gets kind of nutty. Let's see. I've got, oh man, where's the, these are, I, I went and pulled a list of banned films from China. U.S. films that were completely banned. And the reasoning why they were banned. So uh, anything to do to do with Christianity has been banned under uh, the category of superstitious films Good. due to religious subject matter. <laughs> so they banned the Ten Commandments, Ben Hur, um, and others. They banned uh, Frankenstein hmm. uh, because of uh, super, superstitious films. Okay, due to strangeness and unscientific elements. Ah. Alice in Wonderland superstitious films. They, yeah. They banned, um, let's see. Come on. Back to the Future. What? Was banned. The film was banned because of time travel, um, <laughs> which is, which is a banned subject. Yeah. Uh, 
They've been. <laughs> they don't want their people figuring it out. That's the problem. They don't That's want right. any Americans so, to give them any ideas. Hey, you know what? We could build a DeLorean. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's some really good ones on here. Hang on. Seven years to, into bat because it, yeah, um, <laughs> the, it, it negatively, negatively reflected the incorporation of Tibet in, in China. Uh, babe, pig in the city. So they banned babe. Talking animals? Because talking animals. Yeah. They will not allow animals to be depicted as with the ability to talk. Um, let's see. Shaolin soccer was banned, perhaps. Yeah. Something, a yeah. movie we've talked about repeatedly. Yeah. Uh, Brokeback Mountain yeah. because of homosexuality. Um, let's yeah. see. The Da Vinci Code. Um, Tom Hanks, crazy. Political, because of political reasons. I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and watch V for Vendetta. No, uh, no uprising and rebellions, right? Yeah, exactly. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, that should have. Uh, Dead Man's Chest. Rightfully so, though. I mean, some of these huh. you got to admit, some of them should have been banned to begin with. Well, think <laughs> about this. And think about this one, and the fact that that they took time to show China in this film, almost pandering to them. Uh, uh, but uh, the Dark Knight. Oh yeah, you remember, remember when uh, he went to China to to take back to take back uh, the uh, that gang leader, right? Uh, but they said it was uh, due to cultural sensitivities. They didn't want to see a uh, someone from China portrayed as a bad guy. A, a, ta- a talking uh, bat come crashing through the window unexpectedly. Red Dawn, Top Gun. Uh-oh. Uh oh, that'll that'll get Jacob's ire up. They yeah, we'll get his tough gun. Mad Max, Fury Road, huh. uh, okay. The Suicide Squad, Deadpool, Call Me by Your Name, Christopher Robin. Uh, let's see, <laughs> Paddington, and I imagine. Nomadland. Oh well, there you go. Uh, all comes back to Chloe Zhao. How about that? All comes back to Chloe Zhao, and and it was banned. Nomadland was banned because in interviews, because she is from China, like she was raised in China. Yeah. And she made a comment uh, in one of the interviews for Nomadland, let me see, where she basically said that she grew up um, surrounded by lies. Mm. Like, basically, everything's a lie. Any, the, the news is a lie. The government lies to wow. its people. Uh, so, yeah, so that was banned. So the question is, and bringing it full circle, yeah, yeah. will this have implications on uh, yeah. the Eternals? Yeah, well, you may have to lower that box office number a little bit uh, than $800 million there, Alex. It may uh, be quite lower if it doesn't get released in China. Uh, so That's we'll see. true. Yeah. Here are films that they edited. Titanic, Internal Affairs, Mission Impossible 3, Casino Royale, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Uh, Titanic, Iron Man 2, uh, was edited in China. Men in Black 3, Skyfall, Iron Man 3, Django Unchained, and the list goes on and on. So, so basically, bringing it all, you know, back, Cena had to, uh, apologize to China because they don't want to lose the China, they don't want China to ban uh, Fast and Furious Nine like they did No Man Land, Nomad Land. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So now you know. So now you know. 
Uh, so yeah, so no, you know, if you're going to make a movie, Alex, just make sure you don't say anything bad about China, and you'll probably be okie dokie, or have a talking animal. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't want a superstitious uh, uh, talking animal whatsoever. Um, well, all right, cool. Well, I think that's it for the news. Uh, I know we've got. Well, we did have one more that I thought was pretty intriguing. If we have another minute. Uh, we're sure we've it's uh, we've got plenty of time. We may have to cut something else out. We may have to cut out well, the, uh, <laughs> the the King of Staten Stratton Island. But no, go ahead. So uh, they they did announce that you know, and we had, had mentioned that this seems you know yeah, tenuous to begin with. This, this the fact they were even making this project, but uh, they've gone back to the drawing board and they are completely reshooting the pilot for uh, Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> and <laughs> did you guys read? What? There's been a script leak. There's been a script leak uh, of that they said is the uh, Diablo Cody script from the movie. Sorry, the TV show. Have very you guys seen odd. this? Very odd, yeah. Oh, so, hey, Buttercup, I'm going to leak your nudes, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to leak your nudes. So, yeah, uh, Blossom uh, threatens to leak Buttercup's. Uh, well, hang on. So, I'll go through them. Bubbles. Blossom's fine. I saw her on Insta, and she has a boyfriend. I saw on her LinkedIn that she got promoted, and I saw on Facebook that she still talks to Grandpa despite their political differences. So, like, that kind of – which that's the Iowa Cody dialogue right there. Uh, so there's a Buttercup at one point says, coming back here is probably triggering for her. Uh, and then Bubbles mentions why, because she's the one that killed Mojo. I mean, move on dot org. So that's just like cringy dialogue. Um, but then it gets pretty bad. Buttercup says, Bloss, wake up or we'll leak your nudes everywhere. Uh, that worked on you once. Um, <laughs> then, uh, Christ. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, that's so bad. There's uh, so uh, at the Powerpuff Girls' home, Blossom heads upstairs where a bumping sound continues from Buttercup's room, then abruptly stops. Blossom opens the door and finds Buttercup in bed with Macy, the woman she eyed at the bar that night before, mm, mm, mm. and they just finished. Blossom says, oh, God, I'm sorry. Buttercup says, it's fine to Macy. We're done, right? Macy says, I'd say six times is enough. Wow. Man, it's, it's spicy over in the Power Tough Girls house. I know, if only Tada Ty, Watakiki was involved in it, it could be. Ooh, really spicy. It is spicy. But yeah, I, honest to God, I, I kind of want to see this pilot. I wish they wouldn't reshoot and they would just come out with this. Cause yeah, I'm with you. I think it'd be great. Personally, I, I think this is a this is a firecracker of a show, and I am so excited. I wasn't going to watch Powerpuff Girls, and now. Well, now I'm <laughs> I'm intrigued, to say the least. Well, <laughs> how does that make intrigued. you feel, PMR? Yeah, that's just creepy. I mean, that's just terrible. I mean, uh, really what they're good. trying to do is they're trying to you know match what they did with Archie and make it all adult, but they forget that this is, this is like. These were like six-year-olds the last time. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> right. sick. I mean, nobody wants to see this. Uh, but this is the culture and the society we have now. So, no, I I I think that's what they think the culture and society is. Because uh, mm. the Twitter reaction was, 
fucking priceless. I mean, everyone yeah, hated it. Yeah, yeah, clowning constantly all day. I mean, everyone thinks this is just pandering, and everyone is just making fun of it. And I'm so on board to see this come to fruition because this no. sounds amazing. And the thing is, like Diablo Cody, what has she done since Juno? And honestly, Juno does not play today. Like the dialogue in that movie, it, it does not hold up. So it's, I don't know. Uh, it yeah. seems like a terrible idea from the from the word go. I I don't understand why they would want to even do that, but I, but if they did want to do it, you would think that they would want to show these girls in more of a heroic light. You know, they grew up and maybe have different personalities, but still are heroes and not a bunch of sluts. I mean, not so much the drug sluts. addict sluts. And I mean, it's just, it's just sad, man. I mean, that's what America wants. That's what China wants to see. And well, China. the only reason you, you'd want to see this show is, is to see, like, that's one of the big gifts would be like to build up to Mojo Jojo showing back, showing back up. But they've oh, already yeah, established not- that they killed him. Also, he's not even a monkey in the show. He's not a monkey. Yeah, he's just a, a regular human. He's just a dude. Just a dude. Just a dude. He's just a man. <laughs> well, let, let's move on from the death of the Powerpuff Girls because we got a lot of other deaths to talk about. And like I said, we have a lot of... Huge celebrities that passed away this uh, past couple of weeks. Uh, we'll just kind of go through them here. Uh, Buddy Van Horn died at age 92. He was. Well, hold on. We got to stop at some of these. I don't know who the hell oh, they no, are. We, like, no, we don't. <laughs> no, uh, if you're going to mention them, you need to mention no, who they I'm are. Sorry. Because, like, I've tuned in. I've what? tuned into the retro old people podcast too many times. I don't. I who don't is even know. Buddy Van Horn is uh, Clint Eastwood's uh, uh, stunt double. Evidently made the really, news. Yeah. Does, does he really need to get a memorial? I mean, yeah, he does. Same thing right. with Rumi Walthall. Who the hell hell is Rumi Walthall? Fifty-seven. She starred in Face Off, which is getting a reboot. Jesus Christ, uh, really Alex, one of your one of your rap superstars. I'm sure Little Loaded died at <laughs> <age> twenty. <laughs> I have no idea, but I just saw he died, and I kind yeah, of admire he, him for that name, Little Loaded. He killed himself after a girl broke up with him. Ah, chicks, yeah. man. Uh, yeah, he Paul, showed her. Yeah, Paul <laughs> Souls, age 90. Who's that? Uh, he was the uh, voice actor of Spider-Man <laughs> from the 60s. Oh. Yeah. Well, okay, finally. Finally, I'm getting a reaction. Yeah. Kevin Clark, age 32, got, got hit in a bicycle accident. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, the, he was the, in a sc- School of Rock. The, dr- the cocky drummer from School of Rock, yeah. Yeah. It's a great movie. That movie does hold up. That is a yeah, good I, movie. Uh, B.J. Thomas, B. age 78. I haven't heard of B.J. Thomas song Uga, in like... Uga, Uga Chaka. Uh, yeah. Is there that you him? Go. Okay, then, yeah. yeah. Okay, then like a week ago. Yeah, well, there, <laughs> there you are. And then finally, <laughs> Gavin McLeod. 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 You know, McLeod. 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 Is that how you say it? McLeod? It's McLeod. Yeah. Gavin McLeod. McLeod. Okay. Uh, age 90. Full life for uh, the uh, everybody's favorite star Captain from Stooping. the Love, love Boat two, and Mary Tyler Moore. Two huge, two huge shows that he was on. Yeah. And, and I, will, I will say it was the 
precursor to Captain uh, Picard. You know, they looked at Captain Steubing and they said, hey, yeah, he was bald. He was a captain of a ship. He was calm, cool, and collected. Him. Yeah. He was calm, cool. He 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 got he it on with the doctor. Authority. Yeah. yeah, he, he exuded authority. <laughs> uh, you know, Captain Picard did the same thing. So I think they, they uh, I think you're right. Uh, I think there. Captain Steubing's name, uh, was bantered around when they were trying to decide they wanted a bald uh, captain for the Enterprise. I think you could be right about that. Not a funny story. No, I was just going to say, not a funny story. It was like several years into the Love Boat seasons that that I realized that Gavin McLeod was Murray from Mary Tyler Moore because to the credit of the actor, the two personalities were totally different. Yeah. You know? so, a chameleon. I had no idea. Quite the chameleon. He really was. He, so anyway, there you go. <laughs> in those two rooms, he was quite a chameleon. I find it interesting. When I texted this to everybody in the Podman's group, uh, PMR said, Captain Steubing? He was the inspiration for Captain Picard. Captain. So he said Captain. He spells Captain with an M. Captain. And, Captain? and, spells, and says it with an M. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> well, there you go. Is, is it not Captain? It's Captain. Not Captain. Captain. <laughs> so you said it, and I looked at the text, and that's exactly the way you wrote it in the text. That must be the Cajun coming through. That's <laughs> the Cajun sliding out of there. All right. Well, let's slide out of that and slide in back into the movies. <laughs> All right. In the movies world, we've got... Uh, uh, one, a couple of weeks old that uh, I think half of us have seen. Maybe Zack Snyder, one of uh, one of our favorites, one of the Podman's favorites. Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead on Netflix. Uh, Brian, you've seen it, but Podman Ron or I've Alex, neither one. Nope. <laughs> no. All right. Well, we don't have to spend much time on it. Uh, Brian, your thoughts? Uh, it's one of those, it's what I said about, uh, same thing about the, uh, uh, future war, Joe Tomorrow War movie. It's like, he spends all these time on the, on this concept, he spends all this time on this concept, but doesn't flesh it out or really think about the ramifications of the concept. So, essentially, Brad, you've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have, okay. So, they wall off Las Vegas by putting shipping containers around it. But they're only like two deep, right? So it's like it's the like, zombies and, and, could go over it, exactly. And then and then he introduces that the, we have super smart zombies. Was there no ladders in Las Vegas? Like, could so it's like, and then they put the refugee camp literally right, right on the other yeah. side of the wall, right on the other side of the wall. So it's like just the logistics of it. I'm like, this is stupid. Like, like. Why would you even do that? Why, why would you? Uh, I don't know. So, yeah, super smart zombies can't figure out to get a ladder to climb over the wall, um, which is only 20 feet high. Right. I, I, literally, I was so infuriating. I went and Googled how high are shipping containers, and they're 10 feet tall. <laughs> well, I think that the super smart zombies kind of say, well, this is our territory, and that's your territory. Don't come in because they kind of establish when they they finally go into the the zombie territory and they kind of have to leave an offering in order to let them pass and the zombies more or less just kind of let them go right so I, yes. I I kind of took it as hey this is our territory don't come in and fuck with us and we won't fuck with you for for the smart zombies at least 
Yeah, one of the things I did like was, you know, there's all these zombies that are like uh, uh, um, rotting. They've rotted and dried in the sun. And uh, they actually say, like, well, whenever we get a rain, they, they, they reanimate for a few hours. Yeah. So as soon as there's enough moisture in their like tissue, they will kind of reanimate and then dry back out. Yeah. Which of. I thought that was kind of cool. That would be that would be a good logic to use in The Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, the the other big issue I had with this film was why the hell did he send them in for the two hundred million dollars if all he wanted was a head of one of the zombies? So. He sent them all in. They went to the casino and then came right back to where they entered, killed a zombie, took his head off. And then the guys, the bad guy in the movie is like, ha, 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 this is all we wanted to begin with. Right, right. He's he right next turn, to the exit. Turned around and left. He was literally right next to the exit. He goes back into the casino. They, they worked their way back to the casino to go back in for the $200 million. It was like, what the, like this doesn't make that doesn't make any sense. Um, the other thing that I found interesting, Brad, was did you notice when they would kill one, if it was an alpha zombie, when they killed it, there'd be like that blue mist. Oh yeah, no, I didn't notice that. There's like a glowing blue mist every time they killed one. Oh okay. And so, it, I'm like, is are they saying that it's like some sort of radioactive or not radioactive or some sort of alien spore? that caused this zombie apocalypse because the, at the beginning of the movie, they're coming from area 51. Ah, okay. When All the, right. when the, yeah. the truck crashes. So I was like, is that supposed to be some sort of like aliens four? And that's why they're smart zombies or, and then it was, but they didn't bother okay. explaining okay. any of that. None of that. So it, it was, it is what it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, and we've seen this stuff a dozen times over at this point. You know, it's it we, it's all the same shtick that you've had in Walking Dead for years. There's not, there really was nothing new to any of this. No, so. I, I I completely agree. Nothing necessarily new that they introduced. I I thought it was an above average zombie movie. I guess you know if I, if you call it a zombie or horror movie, I thought it, it was enough to where I I thought it was a good watch. Um, you know the the. A few things I mentioned to Alex was uh, kind of similar to Justice League. The story behind the movie is just as interesting of, than the movie itself with the replacement of Chris Diabo or whatever with Tig, Tig Nataro, uh that they digitally erased one of the actors and replaced that person with someone that they filmed for the most part completely separate from everybody else. So, again, that's kind of a, an interesting thing. Yeah, they said thing. – that Dave Batista still has not met Big <laughs> right, Matera. Yeah. Uh, Are you serious? They that she was just so she's yeah. there. She was not in that movie at all with them. She, yeah, she was digitally added later. Why was the original guy like I, removed? Was, you know, he had some nude photos with a Powerpuff Girl or something like that. I think he, he touched was like, little children. He touched little Alex, children. allegedly. Allegedly. Not allegedly. Definitely did it. <laughs> well, he had nothing to do with the Chinese people, who are fantastic, honorable yep. people, as far as I'm concerned. Who love Zack Snyder's films. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, so they, I think she may have been in, uh, like, a scene with one other actor that they needed to have them standing next to each other for whatever reason. But other than that, I think they digitally inserted it. Of course, 
uh, you know, the, the Snyder haters online are like, oh, look at this. You could tell the lighting's completely different and all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you're looking for it, I would say probably. Just like, yeah, if you're looking for, you know, faults and special effects and stuff like that, yeah, you're going to see a little bit of goofiness. Uh, but if you're none the wiser and we're just watching it, I don't think you would have yeah, I don't think you would have either. Happened, you know? So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, so number one, I thought that was good. I liked, and again, I mentioned this to Alex, that people are hating on it because he used a uh, – uh, a, a very short focal length prime lens, so everything's out of focus unless it's right there in front of you type stuff. So it's kind of like J.J. Abrams' lens flare that they got so much shit for, you know, to where it's like, okay, we get it. There's a lens flare. On this, you're going to get sick of all the out of focus things probably. Um, Look, I think that's a style that he's been using Maybe it's just me, but I felt like he's been using this for a while now. Yeah, I yeah. felt like he was using it a lot in Justice League, and I thought yeah. in Batman v Superman, it's kind of his—it's a stylistic choice. He really likes to get really close in and like really have a focus on the actors and, and what's important of the scene. Yeah. So, well, no, I think uh, if anything, it probably helps them on budget. You know, because it's if if everything's muddy in the background or slightly out of focus in the background, how much do you have to actually spend on set design? Well, you know, and Zack Snyder's case, just pure fucking green screen. Cause that man, oh, all he shoots, yeah. right. right? Again, a, there's a 30 minute making of on Netflix, um, I, and they may have made it into a series. I'm not sure if it's on Netflix or if on um, on YouTube. There's a, uh, a, a YouTube channel like a, a Netflix Film Club or something like that. Where there's they have a, some stuff and it's so yeah, there, there's, there's a, a series of it. yeah. That, there's that's, a docu series on Netflix right okay, now about yeah. the make. Uh, so again, I, I I think he's a good filmmaker, uh, and so I think that's interesting. Uh, and then the other parts of it that I really liked about it, uh, I I think Dave Bautista may be a good actor. You know, I thought he did for the non-zombie type scenes where he has there's some emotional stuff happening and things. I thought he actually did a. I was really impressed with him. I'm like, wow, this guy may be a good actor. I don't know. I actually I actually like Dave Bautista. I, I think he. Did Drax really well in all the movies? I mean, I, I rewatched um, Infinity War this past week, and uh, he was pretty good. I mean, he's pretty funny in that. Just you know, the few scenes that he has, I, I don't know. I mean, he really brings that character to light more than I think anybody else could have. So yeah, I agree, well, with you, Brad. I, mean, after I haven't Guardians seen this movie. He ain't doing it no more. Just yep. so you know. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. He's he's out. And, you know. I even liked his reason why he's out. He's yeah. like, you know, I'm about to yeah. be 53. You know, I can't. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to keep this physique up and not wear a shirt. So I'm sure they'll throw money at him a lot to try to keep him. But I think they've already said that someone's going to die in Guardian Three. So. Yeah, why not be? We yeah. shall see. Yeah, uh, and the other part that I liked, I I, I enjoyed Tignataro as well. I think yeah, I did funny, too. So I uh, actually I like her. I I never saw her until Star Trek Discovery, and <coughs> she is really good in Star Trek Discovery. She's like a female Bones. I mean, <laughs> the way she looks, the way she acts, but uh, I really like the character. She's really a good character. She's uh, so. When I saw that she was in this movie, it kind of made me want to see a little bit more. Probably the only her and Dave Bautista was probably the only two reasons I really would see this movie. Well, she plays the same character no matter what she's doing. Yeah, okay. yeah, That's probably. Yeah. Up, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so there you go. I would say Podman Ron. I will give it a. 
Uh, I'll give it a three out of five and a one. Again, I, I don't know if I would I, – I might watch it multiple times just to put it in on the background and everything. Uh, but I would say give it a watch once and then watch the making of, and that's probably would be better than the movie itself. But, uh, you know, above yeah, average I, movie. I still plan to watch it. I just need to, you know, have time to do it. So. Got to have time. Brian, your final verdict on it? Yeah, I mean, I'd give it a three as well. It's a popcorn movie. Uh, it's just there's with, with a lot of these. It's there's not much you need to do to make to to go from a three to a four. But I just get frustrated when they they just don't do it. It's like you know, tighten up the script just a little bit, and 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 you're go you're gold. You know, uh, and the thing was in production for like eight years or something. <laughs> You think they can work out all the all the kinks of the script? So I, yeah, I mean, I gave it a three. But I, I, here's the thing: I think this could have been like on that still mindless. But I, there's a difference in this and like the Fast and the Furious movies, where it's like uh, the script, while equal parts ludicrous, the script is tighter. With fa- with the Fast and the Furious films, than this was. This could have been much better with just a little bit of tweaking. That's my biggest gripe. All right. Well, there so. you go. Uh, and then I almost forgot uh, uh, again for the the reason. Watch it. Omari uh, Hardwick, I thought, did a pretty again. Not that these were deep deep characters, but I thought he did a good job too. So uh, uh, actor wise, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, all right. From the loudness of zombies attacking to the quietness of Aliens invading. Uh, uh, Brian, you've been to the quiet place too. Uh, uh, Alex, Podman, Ron. No, I haven't. No. All right, you've never watched either one of them, Bronny? No, I've never really been oh, how about interested. That? To be honest with you. Okay. Fair yeah, enough. you need to watch them. You need to watch them. I, you, you would enjoy them. You'd fall asleep. Uh, it's so know, quiet. This kind of goes with what this kind of goes with what Alex said earlier, and I agreed with him that I'm not a big apopto, apocalyptic fan, and and this is a movie that yeah because I'm not a big apocalyptic fan, I'm just not into it. I mean, especially when it's already happened, you know, and they're trying to, to sneak around and all that. It's like, eh. I don't well, know. I'm gonna I'll eat my words there because. The first A Quiet Place is a really, really good movie. Um, you should watch it. All right, that's my only chime in. I'll eat my words. Uh, Brian, is this a um, is this a prequel or is this a sequel or a little bit of both? Do we a see little bit what, of both. Uh, okay. Yeah. So basically, they rewind because Quiet Place starts. I think at like day eighty-nine after the invasion. And so you don't know where they came from. They don't explain it. But it starts at day 89, and then it jumps to, like, day 430-something. Um, so it jumps from, yeah, like, three months after to a, a year a year plus after. And that's the timeline. The um, This timeline, it backs up and shows you day one. And so you see what went down from their point of view, uh, what they do know. Uh, about which isn't much right uh what they do know how they figured out about the the sound and everything that that they were blind but but had you know here and they could hear incredibly well the aliens and then uh then it jumps to immediately after 
uh, Quiet Place 1 ends. And so it basically picks up that story and goes forward uh, from there. The beginning, like the first, the, seeing the, the beginning of, of the invasion and, and how it all went down was really cool. And I mean, it was lots of uh, uh, like Bayhem, right? Just crazy, you know, single camera running through the streets trying to evade their... Uh, it was very impressive. A very impressive action sequence considering, you know, he's this is his second film he's ever directed, right? Um, but, uh, and then uh, the the weaker part is following the story from, uh, um, you know, the present, I guess, where uh, Quiet Place 1 ends. Uh, there's, they immediately... Re- I mean, you care if I spoil it, Ron? No, go ahead. All right, so John Krasinski's character sacrifices himself to save the kids in The Quiet Place, in the first one. And so, and at the same time, his wife's pregnant and is having the baby and trying to keep the baby from screaming and not scream herself because they're attacking. So lots of tension in the the climax of The Quiet Place 1. This, they established that uh, Kelly Murphy is a friend of theirs named Emmett. So at the beginning of the movie, you see that John Krasinski's friend is Killian Murphy, um, and they're at their kid's baseball game when when the meteors hit. So the uh, um, it picks up where they're tr- they have to leave the house after the attack, uh, and they know there's other little fiefdoms around because at night they'll light bonfires they can see off in the distance where other bonfires are lit so that's how they communicate and tell people there's other survivors and so they head towards one of those camps um and it turns out it's john krasinski's friend and uh he's lost his whole family uh and there's a a broadcast a radio broadcast uh, of Beyond the Sea, the most overused song in all of cinema. Um, but somebody's broadcasting over the sea and they source it back and realize there's an island that's broadcasting this and, and there must be survivors there. So they get to the survivors. Like that's the whole thing is they're trying to get to safety, trying to get to the survivors. Um, it's, it, it was really good. I mean, it was a good follow up. It, it didn't finish the story and they said now that they're going to spin off. Mm. So a little, uh, there's a little bit of the oh shit. Now we got another Walking Dead, <laughs> right? You know, but they've said they're going to spin off, and 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 this ends on a cliffhanger to an extent because the way the movie ends, they're they're all split up. Like one of the kids is 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 with that friend of the family. The other kids are with the mom. The mom's injured. That's the way it goes off. So clearly, there's going to be a Quiet Place three, uh, and. But there's also going to be a spinoff film. So, quiet universe. It's interesting. It's good, but god damn it, why does everything have to be like a like a, a whole universe? Like, what? Can't, just finish the story. And if you, and, you know, stop making me. You know, I don't know. <laughs> at some point, it's it's not. At some point, it's not. A, it's not a movie anymore. It's just a TV show right. that I got to pay. You know, twelve bucks to see. So, yeah, I think one of the one of the things that spoiled me that both Marvel and even the Marvel Disney Plus stuff has spoiled us is waiting like two to three years for for the continuation of the story. Because with the Marvel movie, 
even though it may be a different movie like an Ant-Man or something else, it still kind of ties in a little bit to the Marvel Universe. So you feel like you're still in that one big story. And, you know, you're getting two to three a year, except last year, of course. So, and and the same with the Disney Pluses. I mean, you're getting a story every week. And then, you know, so I think that has spoiled us that when a movie like A Quiet Place takes two or three years for a sequel to come out, we're just like, oh, God, you know, you know I'm, I'm bored now. I don't, I don't care about it. I don't want to see it now. So just my opinion, at least. All right. What, what do you uh, give the rating here? I'd still give it a four. Okay. I mean, it's worth seeing. I just it's, – it's that. It's the fact that just tell me the whole story of this family. I don't, I don't start spinning off and, and delaying, like, the next movie, right? Um, when, when the last movie ended, you had an ending. Now this is that whole sequel turning into a trilogy. So you got that, that cliffhanger in the middle, just like you did with Empire Strikes Back. You got that cliffhanger kind of, uh, um, uh, movie. And we gotta wait for a third one. And now when I find out there's gonna be a, a like a spin off, I'm like, God, just, just finish it. I just want to, I just want to know the start, middle and end. And, and so I can say I saw the whole thing. <laughs> there you go. You just want to, so, yeah, see a movie and let it end right there. Uh, yeah. well, I think that, uh, I, I, I'm not sure if I will. I probably will go see it because my old lady liked the first one, so she wants to see the second one. So I'll probably go with her for that. But eh, I could, I, I, I could been have been fine with the first one and pretend like that was the end of the story and not see. Well, it. yeah, you. Well, that's a th- now you say that at the end of the the way the first one ends, they realize their weakness, right? Right? They realize their weakness, and um, at that point, you know, it was a whole thing that she used the shotgun and killed it. And it was, and you saw more of them swarming the house, right? And when they swarmed the house, she like looks at the daughter, and then she like, yeah, it was like, like that badass like Sarah him. Connor yeah. moment, like, like let's go get them. And then this movie starts out, and they're sneaking out of the house, and it's like, well, the first movie is basically saying we figure out their weakness, let's just go kill them all. Now it's oh no, let's sneak out of the house. Like so, it's gotcha. They had to kind of backpedal to try and make this. Oh wait, this movie did so well, we want three. Yeah, <laughs> that greedy well, John Krasinski. Real, real quick, because it's we live in confusing times. Is this just only at theaters, or is it on HBO Max? Only in the- theaters, or only in theaters, only okay. in theaters. All right, well, that's good to hear. I like that. All right, uh, and now over to the streaming. Will uh, we had an assignment to watch what? Uh, is part one of a uh, Staten Island trilogy, as I understand it. Uh, King of Staten oh, Island. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, the King of Staten Island, Pete Davidson, uh, directed by Judd Apatow, which I didn't realize until the very end. Uh, our, our good friend Judd Apatow, who we're all a fan of. Uh, King of Staten Island on HBO Max. Did everybody watch it? Yes. I did. Alex? Yep. Oh, wow. Everybody watched it. All right. Uh, Podman Ron, let's start with you. What do you think? Um, you know what? It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. You know, I thought it was going to be some wacky adventure about him trying to become a fireman, you know, halfway through it or something. I thought it was a little long, a little bit more like him being, you know, depressed and, 
you know, that stretched out a little bit too long. But, you know, I, I see where I've never really cared for him on Saturday Night Live. He just seemed like kind of a douchebag. But he's a, actually a good actor, and he's really funny. I mean, he, some of the things he, he says and the way his facial expressions are, and uh, I, I, I laughed out loud a lot of times during this movie. Wow. I, I thought he was uh, actually a, a funny guy, and uh, I would like to see him in more things, but you kind of wonder with the way he's all, the way he's built and padded up, what leading man role could he actually play other than <laughs> this part? You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, think he'd be great for a Fast and the Furious franchise as the, the Yeah, oh, the absolutely. Oh, God, actor. yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I mean, because he is funny. I mean, this, I, he was great. I mean, he was very charismatic on screen and uh yeah he made it he made the movie of course uh, you know well him and bill burr the others. bill burr was great who's that the fireman the fireman yeah yeah um yeah i mean bill burr was good i mean but uh, yeah i mean but not as funny as this guy was as yeah. pete davidson so uh, I I would give this movie a three I, I i wouldn't watch it again but i would definitely give it a three and yeah. uh and give it a one. Three so, to one. Uh, so yeah, hot, hot Marissa Torme doesn't uh, bump it up to a four, even. Hot Aunt May was that his? Was that his mom? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hot, no, hot Aunt really. May. I mean, okay. Uh, and and as we, I think we discussed, uh, huh? Ron, this was a you know kind of a semi autobiographical movie for Pete Davidson. Right. Uh, with his father, who was a fireman and passed away, I think in nine uh, eleven. Uh, yeah, that's what I heard. And uh, and uh, Steve Buscemi was uh, played one of the firemen, and he was a real life fireman before he became such a uh, heartthrob uh, movie idol. Right, and and honestly, I thought it was going to be more geared towards you know the firemen, you know it, that the firehouse and them bonding, which they kind of did towards the end, but. Uh, you know, it was a, you know, and I guess it was kind of stupid of me to think that he was going to become a fireman or something. That that was <laughs> that was kind of a wacky thing. But I kind of thought, you know, that's where the movie was kind of going to go in the first thirty minutes. You know, then he'd be at the firehouse, but he didn't really get to the firehouse till like a good hour and a half into right, it, right. and then it was just like, God, this is kind of getting long. You know, it's like, ugh. So. But anyway, I mean, it was it was funny. I, I I enjoyed it actually. I mean, he was he's a funny guy. Just I, I I would like to see him something in more just comedy stuff, and uh, not so much pulling on the heartstrings or trying to. It never really pulled on my heartstrings too much. But okay, Alex. Okay, I, I guess that was one thing you could say about the movie is I think they wanted you to pull on the heartstring, but because he was such a douchebag. It was kind of hard to feel bad for him. You know what I'm saying? But that was why. That was why. I know why he was a douchebag. I know why that he actually <laughs> It just didn't did, work for him. It didn't work yeah, it just didn't make me feel bad for him still. You know, it was like, okay. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, well, I, I really like this movie. I like Judd Apatow pretty well. I, I like most of his movies. Um. This is kind of standout. I think King of Staten Island last year when it came out, I don't think – I think everyone wanted to see it because everyone was in, likes Pete Davidson. I really like Pete Davidson. Um, and, yeah, I think it's really good. Um, I think it's sort of been kind of an auto, uh, autobiographical kind of piece on his life and his journey with 
how he dealt with his dad and Pete Davidson is famously outspoken on his mental health and things like that. I think this is a actually a pretty heartwarming film just in terms of what it says about life and what it says about death and just all that. I, I, I don't, as someone who's not really a big fan of the actual comedy genre uh, in terms of film, I think this movie blends that dramedy a style really well. And I, I think it's a really heartfelt piece of work and I, I do enjoy it. I'll give it a four out of five. Wow. Um, did you, I, I'd say see this. Yeah. Uh, did, did you see uh funny people, Alex or anyone? Has anyone I have seen not funny seen people? Fun. No, I've seen funny people. It was, it, it reminded me exactly of funny people. And I'm, I, as I say this, I can't remember what my, the weirdness was, but it was funny. People is Adam Sandler, written by Judd Apatow. I think it was two and a half hours. Adam Sandler's a stand-up comedian who has cancer, and then all of a sudden, halfway into the movie, he finds out no, it was a mistake. It's gone into remission, and he tries to get his ex-wife back, or you know, something like that. It's been a while since I've seen it. So, but it had two almost distinct, different movies melded into one, and that kind of reminded me of this: that you had the. Pete Davidson is a douchebag loser type stuff at the first part. And then the second part, he's learning to be responsible type stuff. Um, so if you haven't seen Funny People, I thought it was a good movie, but it it's, uh, reminded me exactly of that. Uh, yeah, I'll give this a three and a one as well. I probably would never watch it again, but uh, yeah, good good acting by all. And I love a good Marissa Torme movie. Brian? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I this movie kind of messed me up. Like I'll I'll just be honest wow. because the uh, I uh, I had some health issues yep. last year, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so uh, the whole dynamic of you know if uh, the dad dying and what it would do to the kid, uh, kind of oh. heartstrings you know, pulled. So my heartstrings were were very much pulled. Wow. Um, because yeah, and so I kind of tapped into that. It's you know if. <clears throat> If something, and the thing that got me was, uh, well, lots of things, but the, when he said that he told his sister, well, you're lucky you don't remember dad. He was the greatest guy ever. Right. And so like his dad was his best friend. His dad was his idol. Right. And then, uh, when his dad died, it like completely devastated him and he just changed his outlook on the entire world. And it was almost like they had to tarnish the image of his dad and humanize his dad for him to realize uh, for him to like move on. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. Like, like, so, uh, and honestly, Brad, like it made me think of, you know, when, uh, when I was going through my stuff and you sent like all the, uh, the, uh, um, the, uh, thumb drive of all the, oh. the episodes <laughs> we've, we've taped. Right. Right. And I was like, you know, if, if when my kids get older, if if they needed to kind of understand who I am, not their dad, but who I am as a person, this is a is is a, like a time capsule or a snapshot of of my opinions away from me telling them, you know, go do your homework, kind of stuff. <laughs> right. you, you can't be on the podcast because you got homework to do, Jacob. Yeah, yeah, like that kind of stuff. so. But yeah, so if if you want to kind of understand me as Brian, not me as dad. They they have this podcast to listen to. Wow, listen so, to that. That's that's this is deep Podman territory here, Brian. This is deep. Yeah. So yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie. 
Uh, I don't know. I got to be in the right mood to watch it again, though, if I ever watch it again, because it did. It messed me up. Okay. But um, I'll, there, the thing that I, like, freaking loved about this movie, loved about this movie, was the final gag. Um, when, when Bill Burr starts letting Pete Davidson uh, tattoo his back to practice Mama. and try and get better... And they didn't show it, and they didn't show it, and they didn't show it, and they, it was like all these little vignettes of him, of him tattooing his back, and then finally at the end when they showed his back, yeah, it's just a big mess. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> he did like- he did like a ghost with an erection. <laughs> he did all this crazy shit on his back. It was fantastic. I love that they stuck to that as as what his back tattoos were. So, all right, well, great. I mean, that's that's fantastic. I love that uh, it hits you a little bit differently than than others, and no no heartstrings for cold cold hearted Podman Ron who only cares about time travel. Yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah. No, this one didn't do it for me. I mean, right. like I said, he he was funny, and I, I did like that. And the, him being a, a bad tattoo artist was great. I love that. Uh, and I mean, there was just really some funny things in the movie. Well, but, like when he kept going, you're not doing anything stupid, are you? <laughs> right, right. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You're going to love it. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's good. He's just trying to get all over his back. Like I said, I would like to see him in something else. Uh, Pete Davidson. I would like to see him in some more stuff. We'll and, catch him uh, in the Suicide Squad coming to HBO right. Max. Very and good. I think, I, you know, honestly, that's going to be a, uh, I think that's going to be a great role for him if they keep on, I hope if they, they don't give kill him, him a bigger part. If, yeah, if they don't kill him in the first minutes. 10 fucking minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah I know, enough. but, but, uh, and I agree with whoever said that he should be in, uh, Fast and Furious. I, I think that's a good idea. I think he would have made a great character in that also. So. I uh, it, it did up right. my uh, my value of Pete Davidson. So All right, the, we can't ask for anything more. I think that's what the nothing spinning more will, than that. That's what the streaming will is all about. So, uh, you know, last time it landed on all of us uh, for this. Let's see who who uh, is going to be the God, winner. Please don't let it be me this time. Oh, and I guess we oh, where are we going to put. I, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I would say, uh, because I know no one has seen it yet, uh, the new Conjuring movie comes on HBO Max tomorrow. Or well, wait, I'm yeah. going to go see it tomorrow, too. So, All right. Well, there you go. So uh, you we'll want to put the new there, Conjuring bro. on there? All right. Is it a reboot? No. Oh, no, no. It's Conjuring. Oh, you're, it's the Conjuring. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about the craft. Yeah, the Conjuring. Ah, I know it is. Gotcha. All right. Here we go. And the loser is ah, sad. It's me, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> All right. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you? Thank wait. God. Are you you're you thinking that the uh, that this is rigged by some some means that the the streaming will is rigged? Maybe. No, not now. <laughs> not now. All right. Well, let's well, it depends on what you roll for your film. Exactly. Hey, everyone. Today we're going to be creating an avatar on Boop Kids. All right. Well, I have to get through this Boop Kids commercial here and find out what I'm going to be watching here. So let me. I'm not going to change uh, into conjuring, but if it lands. All right. And it is. Uh, Vampires of Brooklyn on Netflix, assuming that that's still on Netflix. 
We may have to update these, but Vampires of Brooklyn. Or, uh, Let's see if it's still on there. That look, what was that? I couldn't remember that. Yeah, it was a while back, I think. But uh, I'll look and see if it's still on there. All right. All right. I will accept that challenge. And, uh, Alex, you can still go watch The Conjuring. Or vampires just... versus the Bronx? <laughs> what did I say? Vampires <laughs> of Brooklyn? Yeah, that's the Eddie Murphy movie that I'm talking about. No, Vampires versus the Bronx. That's what we're talking about. And, uh, yeah, that, it's still on there, and it, it looks pretty pretty funny, actually. All right. Well, I encourage everyone to go see The Conjuring, and I will be seeing it tomorrow. So I will, too, probably, but I'll be staying at home and seeing it on HBO Max. <laughs> Day and day premiere. All right, enough of that <laughs> nonsense. Uh, what do we got? We're uh, whew, we are running late, boys. All right, let's go to uh, uh, the TV world so we can uh, hear everybody how much they hate. All right, Modoc on Hulu. Uh, Brian has not watched it. I <coughs> will not watch it. But somehow or another, Podman Ross, <laughs> you and Alex. I did. Yep. I, Alex, I, you want to go first? I'll let Alex go first. He's probably got right. more to say about it than I do. Brad, I, I'm. I wouldn't ask you to do this, but I, if you could edit in just clips right now of Brian saying that this looked really funny um, before, <laughs> I, before <laughs> I start saying what Alex, um, Alex is out for blood now. Um, let me let me tell you, folks. Holy shit, this is, I made it three episodes in, and I literally saw the countdown on Hulu go five, next episode five, four, and I was like, no, I can't do it. I, I tried, I tried so hard, but so, Patton Oswalt's voice is so fucking annoying, <laughs> I could, the, everyone is so unfunny, um, I think I laughed yeah. at one joke uh, from John Hamm, who plays Iron Man in the thing, and I, that was it. That was the extent of laughter I got out of it. It's complete dog shit. Now, before uh, we had we, looking at the promos, and this is where I think Brian was headed, is that, hey, this looks like it's in the same vein as Harley Quinn and Venture Brothers and that type of humor. But robot chick. Robot chick. You're telling me it's not. It tries to be. Um, Oof. But does it, does it, it even try? I think it's it's like a whimper. It is like a flaccid dick of a show. I, oh, it, it's it's so un it's so unfunny. It's so unfunny. All the stuff involving Modoc and his family is just boring as hell. Like I like I think every character maybe outside of Modoc is actually kind of funny, and it does make you want like a Marvel vein. Robot Chicken. I, yeah, I, I yeah. watched it and went, "Oh man, this this could be so good." Yeah. But God damn, it is so bad. I, I don't give a fuck about Modok. I never did to begin with. Now, if I ever see him in any Marvel project, I'll fucking kill myself. I'm so annoyed all the time. I think about him day and night, and it haunts my dreams. Like it's just not funny, and it's a waste of space. Um, the show. I don't. It hasn't even been canceled yet, and I don't get why. Um, it's terrible. It's so bad, and I I wanted it to be so good, but it is so bad. Podman Ron, are you just as disappointed? Yeah, you know. Uh, first of all, I'd like to start out by saying I don't know if 
I know the one listener may not re- remember this, but about four or five years ago, and it may have been this may predate Podmen, but I don't think it does because I think this is where we talked about. I made a suggestion that I wish they would do a TV show about the villains and them doing their little, you know, organize, you know, the villain yeah. side of things. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. I bet remember? you don't want that shit anymore. <laughs> you regret it now. Well, so when Modoc came along, I thought, okay, this is kind of what. We, we talked about, and I was kind of in the with Brian and the fact that, okay, it may be in the same vein as Venture Brothers. It seems like it was trying for that, but but even Eclipse, I didn't find that, that very that much funny. So I thought, okay, but the show's got to be good. Well, I guess I guess a hint should have been the fact that this they really haven't been talking about this show much nobody's talking about this show it doesn't seem like so because i didn't know it even came on that it had premiered so i watched the first episode or should i say i watched the first 15 minutes of the first episode because i couldn't even finish it it was just that bad i mean uh there was nothing funny i and And i did three whole fucking i don't know how you i don't know how you made three whole episodes and i I agree with you are these full half are they half hour shows or 15 minutes i think they're half hour shows i mean yeah it it may it was just dumb and Mm. not funny and you know i think they could do something funny with this it's a great premise of the God, this ain't it. I don't know where the fuck, who's writing this mess, or who who they're writing it for, or who thinks this is funny. Besides, at Oswald, and I'm sorry for cutting you off, PMR, but I think the the most heinous and saddest, like, actor who did this show that that just, like, I don't want to hear his voice anymore is Ben Schwartz playing uh, Murdoch's son. Oh my yeah, God! It was wow. bad. It was I mean, really, it's so really, he's really. not. It's like it hurts how unfunny <laughs> all of these characters are. This is really Brian, he's not kidding. I mean, he's not. Like it, he's not absolute Alex right here. It is that bad. I mean, I mean, it, it is. It is it's to the point where you're just like, I don't know. Even in my one screenwriting class of history, how anyone could go, yeah, yeah, this, this, this comedy goals. It's gonna land the fucking laughs, and like huh. there's like behind the scenes photos of Patton Oswalt doing like VFX, like uh, like mocap for this show, and I'm like, y'all put this much money into this turd, <laughs> like it's like wow. you should have read the scripts and realized this was never gonna be funny. Because I'll give it credit, the 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 style of the show I do like, I like the the aesthetic, I like the the animation, I think it's actually pretty solid, but. Everything else surrounding it is just so bad. Everyone's mis like voice cast except John Hamm as Iron Man, who I think is pretty good. Everyone sucks in their roles except John Hamm as Iron Man. It all sucks, and it's just so depressing. And I wanted to gouge my eyes out and plug my ears full of spoons. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it's like, did these writers ever watch Venture Brothers or Harley Quinn? I mean, do, you know, did y'all? That, those shows are funny. I mean, have y'all ever watched any of that? When you they you break the fucking fun out of it. When the only two Avengers you have on your show are Iron Man and fucking Wonder Man, bro, get out of town, get out. Yeah. Brian, what? I would like for yeah, I'd like for Brian and you to watch. Try to watch. One I guess episode so. I'm, I'm I'm intrigued now. 
of the badness. Brian, uh, do you even want to attempt to be, watch this? Season one, Marvel's Modoc. Critics consensus. Though its tendency towards too muchness may test some viewers' patience, slick stop motion and a killer voice cast and yeah. <laughs> seemingly, a seemingly endless well of jokes make Modoc an entertaining, chaotic. Oh my God. See? Yeah. 87%. 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, it's got to well, be true. Please watch it. You watch it and you I tell mean, me that that's an 87%. It is so bad. Oh, my so God. And to, and you said, I'll, I'll point out something else. You said Alex is not being out, absolute Alex in this vein. He said the show is haunting his dreams. Bro, it, <laughs> uh, it, it does. Let's, hey, have you watched it? It, could, it would haunt your dreams, <laughs> too. Wow. You watch the show and tell me it doesn't haunt your dreams. 87%. Yeah, you know what? Watch it. I Good. I, I'm glad you saw that. So now you know, you're going to watch it and you're going to tell us. You've got to be truthful. You can't just, you know, if we're if we're right and you agree with us, you got to be honest so you don't look like a, you know, I mean, because it's, I think it's pretty goddamn bad. And for Alex to agree with me because we don't agree on anything, you know. Uh. It's, you know, so it's, it's gotta be bad. So, oh, Pat Nuzzle's fucking voice, man. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that would be. I would give that a a huge one out of five. Zero, negative, fucking seventy. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't. And do the it. only reason I'd want anybody to watch it is so they could tell me that I was right on how bad it was. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I'm intrigued now. Whereas before I wasn't, but because you hate it so much, makes me want to watch it. Sadly, I'm not really sure what that says about. If me. anyone comes out of watching this and likes it, I will, I will throw you a birthday party. Like, I, all right, <laughs> there you go. Ah. Oh. Oh, we didn't talk about the uh, Friends reunion. Oh, I was going to make a segue about a group of uh, villainous friends to a group of 90s friends. Let's talk about that Friends reunion, Podman Ron. Um, Do you uh, want to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just say, I was sold on the commercial of it. You know, okay. when they were showing a trailer for it, and I was like, oh, man, that, that looks really good. You know, I'm glad they did it this way instead I, of the other way. I do remember last episode where you talked about how much you admire uh, the risk that friends took back in the day of making fun of uh, people with disability and such. Well, I guess I don't remember any of that. But anyway. <laughs> they weren't afraid to make fun of, disabil- of people with disabilities. Yeah, or yeah, <laughs> sexual preference like or anything. Yeah. They called it like it was. Yeah, it's like, we don't. Rem- no one else remembered Friends in that light, but you certainly did last episode. <laughs> we went along with it, but no one agreed with you. Please, go continue. But, like I would say, is... Uh, it was, it was okay. It wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Honestly, it's, why, it's okay. why was it okay? I, I feel like they were trying to come across as like still buddies and good friends, and they may still be, but just I don't know. Body language showed me different. That you know they were trying. I don't know. You, they haven't been in the same room, but like once since the all six of them since it ended. But then they want to act like they're just really good friends. I don't know. It just. It just seemed kind of contrived a little bit. Um, you're, you're talking about six millionaires who, you know, they're rich beyond. They never have to work again. And, 
I don't know. They just seemed like they were just going through the motions. They they didn't really. And then the, all the stupid little skits, like you know, Smelly Cat with Lady Gaga and the stupid uh, thing with Justin Bieber and the the walk across. I mean, uh, that that was just kind of stupid. I mean, that was dumb. I, I like I would like to hear more stories. The the stories were kind of funny to hear. You know, some of the behind the scenes stuff, you know, but like the no one's falling for the the only one that ever, you know, almost slept together was Schwimmer and Aniston. You know, no one's falling for that. You know, they were probably all banging each other at the beginning. I mean, <laughs> but anyway, that's just I mean, I, I I would watch it if you if you were a Friends fan. Yeah, definitely watch it. I mean, if you watched it in the 90s, I, yeah, I would definitely watch this, but. You know, it's you're not going to get anything that you didn't get it out of a TV guide back in the day. So. Out of a Star magazine. Uh, out of a Star magazine, you know. Ryan, you were a big Friends fan. Did you have you watched the reunion? I've not watched it. <laughs> kind of. You know, I, I do. I do have a question for PMR. Uh, did they address why? Because uh, I've read since why uh, Matthew Perry's uh, speech was slurred. But did they mention anything during the uh, actual show? They did not. No. No, they did not. But you know what? I'll be honest with you. I mean, it was it was slurred a little bit, and he he. I don't think he seemed out of it. I think out of all six of them, I think he was the one that actually I think was really, you know, reflective on all of it. That he was really emotionally touched by everything. To me, I mean, he seemed the, like the one that was genuinely like. You know, happy to see everybody, and you know this is great to be here, and you know, so I mean, well, he's the one that can't keep the TV show on the air. Uh, I mean, I mean, Joey, bless his heart, you know, Matt LeBlanc looks like you know, he's uh, Uncle LeBlanc. I mean, he is like very big now, very kind of fat. Uh, Schwimmer looks still great. I mean, Schwimmer still looks good, uh, and all the girls all look. He's good. as hot as ever. <laughs> all the girls are all hot as ever. Making but, uh, but poor Matthew Le- LeBlanc and uh, and uh, Matthew Perry don't. They didn't. They didn't hold up very well. They didn't well. hold up too good. What, what well, is the said, reason for his slurred speech? Or he had some sort of dental procedure, like the day the day of the filming. So well, in all fair, and in they all fairness, and, they wouldn't filmed it anyway. In all fairness, it's filmed in different segments, so on different days. So, like, <laughs> you know, you have a segment they they do it on a a re, you know recreation of the uh, set. So they do a segment there, and it keeps flip flopping between that segment and the segment in front of the the audience. Well, they probably you know, in front of the fountain, and it seems like it's on different days that they do this. So. I don't know. It just, they probably didn't have to recreate the set. Uh, when me and Jacob did the Warner Brothers studio tour, they have the set. Yeah. You actually could go onto it and <laughs> photo op on the set. Well, I guess they, they recreated it for that because um, because they said a lot of the stuff that were missing, you know, they made mention of like a cookie jar, and they're like, a cookie, you know, I took the, well, I took that cookie jar home, and I guess they, re, you know, put a, a you know, recreated it or put one yeah. down another one like it. But it was cool. Like um, when we sat, we got to take a photo on it and it's on one of those dollies where they wheel it away. <laughs> kind of like uh Gary Shanley show, yeah, Brad. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I was really, uh, 
you know, I wasn't disappointed, but, you know, I thought it was going to be a little bit more sentimental. I thought they were really going to get more into the stories and behind the scenes stuff. And when they did talk about behind the scenes stuff, it was always kind of funny. But but when they did these little stupid little skits, it was kind of dumb. You know, yeah. I get now, you know, looking back and, and listening to the, the writers and stuff, the creators, I get why they didn't do a, uh, you know, a reunion with the characters as the characters. Because, you know, like they said, and you've probably heard it a million times, this is how, you know, it was a time of their lives in their 20s when they themselves were families, but it had to end. And they all, you know, with their separate ways, had their own families. And they all ended it happy. You know, everybody had a happy ending. So no one wants to revisit, you know, 20 years later and, you know, Joey's got a failed career or, you know, Matthew, uh, you know, Chandler and uh, Monica may be having marriage problems and, you know, no one wants to see any of that. So it's like, I, and I agree. I think, yeah, I think the way they right. wrapped yeah. it up was perfect. Well, yeah. And that, you know, that, it works out. It kind of makes the Seinfeld reunion season on Curb uh, seem even more genius. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I totally agree with the way they did Seinfeld reunion on Curb. I mean, that, <laughs> That that's kind of that was a cool way of doing that, and it so, produced one of the greatest jokes in uh, television history. But which one was that? Funkhauser's joke. To, uh, oh uh, yes, to yeah, that was, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. God, that was so funny. <laughs> that was funny. But, yes. I mean, but, but the difference between Friends and Seinfeld is Seinfeld didn't end on a happy note. You know, everybody, it was, it was a shitty season finale. I mean, for the most part, I mean, and, but again, no one really wants to go back to see what the Seinfeld gang was doing for a reunion show other than the way they did it. So, you know, I was good with that. I like that. So I, and I was good with the way they decided to do the friend reunion. I, I mean, at first I was disappointed but the way they did it, it's fine. They got, they each got $2.5 million to do that. Wow. So HBO, man, Brad, you need to ask for a raise. I get If they're handing out that kind of uh, discovery money, why not, right? All good. Yeah, man. Friends cast, man. Jeez. They, right. they know how to, yeah, absolutely. Uh, great. Well, maybe, maybe Brian, you can give it a watch and see if, see if, see how you feel about your friends after that. I will. Uh, what do we do? We want to go into retro review. We're, we're we're an hour and forty minutes into it, and we still have a couple of reviews left. We want to go into a retro and a couple of what you're looking at, or we want to save them. I'm good with doing it now. I don't care. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. All right, let's do it. All right, I think we got a retro review. Podman, Ron, and Alex, you guys sat down to watch a, uh, I think it's a cult classic, I think it's safe to say, uh, The Big Lebowski. And I've not met anyone who does not like this movie. This has been a cult classic for years. Well, here I am. (laughs) Hello, my name is Podman Ron. Oh, my God. Uh, So, I mean, I... Before we hear from you, Podman Ron, because you said right off the bat that you may not be the biggest fan of this. Alex, uh, had you ever seen this movie before, uh, and what did you think? 
Well, I had I had never seen this movie before. <laughs> you never, you never. This is your first viewing of Big Lebowski. This is my first viewing with Big Lebowski. Okay. I don't know my father, mother, and my eighty-seven-year-old grandmother. Oh my god! Okay, and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you what. This is this is a this is an instant, and I can understand why it's a cult classic. I love this movie. Um, I think everyone does a really great performance. I just love how how increasingly more insane it gets and you realize halfway it's through the Brothers plot, movie. Yeah. Yeah. That the plot just doesn't even matter anymore. I mean, there's like new things every 20 seconds. It's just so fun and entertaining. Everyone's okay. just a game of performances. It's just so well written and the ending is just fantastic. Uh, yeah. I, I really like this movie and it's probably one of my favorite comedies. Is Ever. this your first Coen Brothers film? Um, no. I think I tried to watch Hail Caesar. Yeah, uh, and I don't really go, like that all that much. Go watch uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah, that's the one everyone always is like, always like that, raving. There was about. also they did that film for Netflix. Uh, yeah. What about a year and a half ago? Uh, what was it called? The, it was the of uh, Buster Scrub. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I Buster didn't like Scrub. that. I saw that too, and I didn't like that. You, you didn't like the. Uh, uh, <laughs> it, it has some good vignettes. I like. I like the James Franco one, but that was pretty yeah, much first time. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> much the only one I really liked. But this you this know, movie, I think, is is really really good. Um, I, I think it's probably my favorite Jeff Bridges performance. Well, and he's done a lot of stuff that I love, but I think I think this is my favorite Jeff Bridges performance. The, the dude is a classic. Oh, brother, where art thou? Is uh, the Odyssey? Oh, is the Odyssey? Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. You, you yeah. You, you check that out. Yeah, you should definitely watch. For the record, before we turn it over to Podman Ron, my favorite Coen Brother movie, I think it's called, is Intolerable Cruelty with George Clooney and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Very underrated movie. Love it. Podman Ron, uh, what beef do you have with this cult classic that Alex loves so much? I just felt like this movie was all over the place. I, I just couldn't get into it. <laughs> okay. I, and I like Jeff Bridges. I really do. I, and I like John Goodman. I, and I was really looking forward to it. It was one of these movies that everybody always talks about. Yeah. So, and I guess because of the bowling aspect of it, I thought it was going to be, what was the bowling movie for that? The oh. Other bowling oh, my God. Kingpin? Uh, Kingpin. Kingpin. Uh, I love Kingpin. Kingpin I, and is I great. thought it was going to be. Yeah, I thought it was going to be in the same vein as that. Ah, yeah. In terms of funny, oh, I was totally wrong, <laughs> and I just didn't. I just couldn't get into it. I, I was just like, ugh, just it just uh, yeah, it just wasn't for me. So, okay. I mean, how, how did uh, not, Gangi not, like and it? And I'm not. Oh, she started reading her tablet like ten oh. minutes into it, oh, so okay. she didn't. So I, I just feel like. I like Jeff Bridges. I really do. And his performance was good in this, but just, it just not, not for me. Care less. Okay. Yeah. So sorry for uh, all you big Lebowski fans. Out I know. There, you know. That's a fighting words. I think. Yeah. I love big Lebowski. Uh, Alex, here's a few others you should probably check out. Brad, you can, you can yay or nay these, but a simple plan. <sighs> yeah. I don't, I don't remember that. That's, uh, was that Bill, uh, Billy Bob Thornton? Billy Bob Thornton, okay. yeah. yeah. Bill Paxton. Yep, yep. Okay. 
A simple plan was a good one. Um, uh, the uh, another really really good. Or well, my favorite Cohen Brothers film is Fargo. Fargo, of course, yeah. Raising Arizona, Alex. Have you seen me do any of those? I have not. Oh my god, Alex! Oh god, you gotta, yeah, you got to see Fargo. Yeah, Raising I've, Arizona is pretty I've, fun. No, I've seen Fargo. I didn't know that was Cohen Brothers. Yeah, yeah, it's Cohen Brothers. Yep, uh, Fargo's great. Yeah, that's a great movie. Uh, yeah, I, and uh, I think uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? You'll uh, you'll really really enjoy. Yeah. So. Well, hmm. yeah, you gotta have, you guys do a uh, Coen Brothers retrospective, uh, Alex. I think that would be a good assignment for you on um, for for real life class as well as Podman uh, episodes as well. Uh, so, Alex, Alex, what do you give the final rating for Big Lebowski here? I think I'd give it a four. Okay. Hey, I actually, you know. I- I wish we could do halves. Uh, I'll I'll go a five. I'll go. Wow. A five. So it's a loose five, but I don't know. I I was really I would have loved to like see this in the theater when it came out because I feel like it's such a a fun movie just to sit with popcorn and just watch because it's just so I don't know. I found it really relaxing. I'll, I'm definitely gonna watch The Big Lebowski a hundred times over. Uh, I really did okay. love it. And Podman Ron. Yeah, y'all gonna hate me, but I'd give it a two. Mm. Too big. Yeah, I'm not discouraging you from watching it, but I'm not. <laughs> but I'm not, but I'm not encouraging you to okay. watch. I'm not encouraging. Kim, Mark, can you can you maybe uh, uh, take a little bit of responsibility for your review in the fact that maybe maybe you didn't pay enough attention to the film. No, I did. I paid attention enough to know that it wasn't for me. That it was kind of boring. And... <laughs> what I like, I know what I like. And that wasn't it. <laughs> that wasn't it. All right, no big Lebowski for Podman Ron. No little Lebowski. All right. Uh, all right. That's the only retro review. Uh, we do have a couple of what you're looking at. <laughs> What you looking at, <laughs> Brian? Brian's looking at roller coasters, I think. Right? I, I am. Are you riding? Are you riding roller coasters or just looking at roller coasters? I'm riding roller coasters. So we went to uh, Universal uh, uh, Islands of Adventure. Yep. Uh, and they're doing preview rides of uh, the new Jurassic Park roller coaster. That's the Jurassic World Velocicoaster. Uh, <laughs> It goes. It's a seventy mile per hour uh, roller coaster. It um, lots of inverted moments, corkscrews, loops. Uh, it was a great ride. Um, basically, and it's and it's set for Jurassic World, so you got like the uh, you know the Q experience where you see Owen, Chris Pratt, and uh, Dallas, Bryce Dallas Howard, Claire, like doing. You walk past the uh, the Velociraptors, they're animatronics, they're in the headset, you know, the, that headgear where their head was sticking through. Um, the queue was pretty good, like, uh, leading up to it. The ride, it says that there's, that you're going through, like, the Velociraptor paddock, and there's, there's supposed to be stuff in there. It's so fast, there's no way you can see any of it. <laughs> I was about to say, if it's like, it's 70 miles per hour. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I hope they didn't spend much money on on what you're passing because because you just fly through it. It feels every bit of 70 miles an hour. 
Um, and yeah, and yeah, it's corkscrew loops, lots of inverted stuff. And what's interesting is the, the seat mechanics are not the over the shoulder. You know, now most of the time when you've got a roller coaster that's going to invert, they'll put that over the shoulder harness. This doesn't have that. So it has like a, basically when you sit down, it comes, there's a lap bar that comes down, but then it also like grabs like your, 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 it kind of like grabs around your, your ankle and shin. Hmm. So that, the fact that you didn't have that, that huge monstrosity over your shoulders was, was pretty cool too. Um, riding that fast through it, but, uh, it was, uh, really great roller coaster. And, uh, today they announced that, uh, they had to shut it down. Like something, something was wrong with it, but it doesn't open until the 10th. Um, but they've been doing preview rides and we were able to get on one of the preview rides. So very cool roller coaster. Very smooth. Very smooth 70 so. mile an hour roller coaster. Yeah. All right. But at 70 miles an hour, just one hairpin, you know, issue and everybody's dead. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the small issue they had. Is it just, it just kind of flew off and the rails. Just anything and, and everybody's dead. Yeah. But yeah. Great yeah. ride. Great ride. Well, I go. do have one other small one. Like yeah. uh, what you're looking at. Uh, I decided since uh, we are getting a Netflix series produced by, uh, Robert Downey Jr. and his wife. Oh, okay. I forget her name. Uh, Mrs. They're Robert doing Mrs. Robert Downey Jr. Uh, I went ahead and I'm a subscriber for DC Universe Online, and so uh, you know I get uh, I pay you know the, the the annual subscription. I get the whole back catalog. Right. Uh, I went ahead and decided to try and read Sweet Teeth. Okay. And <laughs> I got a feeling. They announced that, uh, that Jupiter, uh, legacy has gotten canceled. You know, yesterday they announced that it's, that it's canceled. We're not getting season two. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I gotta say, this is going to quickly fall on it on, uh, <laughs> like in that same category. Wow, Netflix is having a hard time with the superhero movies. It's, well, it's not super. Yeah. It's post apocalyptic, oh, right? Oh, I know. Uh, so we already lost PMR. The the idea is all of these hybrids have started. So children are being born as hybrids, and like animal hybrids are coming out. You don't know what's causing it. Yeah, and basically, so uh, the kid Sweet Tooth and his dad um, live like uh, out in the woods, and he he's got all these rules. You can't you know you can't interact with anybody. Don't go past this. You know, and the dad keeps getting sicker and sicker, and the dad finally dies. And so Sweet Tooth decides to, like, leave and and go on, you know, a journey to try and find help or whatever. And uh, you find out that all the hybrids are, like, they all started about six years ago. And the world's gone to shit, but he's nine years old. And so he would be the very first recorded hybrid. Um, but I'm like eight issues into this thing. They hadn't explained anything so far. Uh, I don't know. This, it, this seems like why the last man, it seems like other, it seems like why the last man, why the last man was a hell of a lot better than this. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, but I like Jeff Laramie. 
Like I like a lot of the things he's written. So I'm kind of torn, but if it doesn't get better or if the TV show drags as much as the comic is, this shit ain't going to make it to a season two. <laughs> so. I, I think I did read that they, they veered away from the comics a, a fair amount to, to make it suitable for television. So maybe they sped things up or uh, explain things a little better or whatever. I hope so. I hope so. All right. It's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things when I read about it. I Again, I'm, I'm aware that there's a comic book about it, although I've never read it. Uh, but still, it's like, okay, I, I don't know if it uh, – I don't know if uh, I think I would rather watch the Big Lebowski instead of yes. instead of Sweet Tooth. Um, all right, well, very good. Uh, you know, I, I got a couple of what you're looking at. One, of course, Mayor of East Town, the big uh, hit that just wrapped up on HBO. Uh, I I love me some Kate Winslet, so I'll watch just about anything with Kate Winslet on it because usually there's a sex scene involved. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was uh, above average detective show. Uh, Type thing, you know, a couple of plot twists and stuff like that. Uh, but everybody's going apeshit over it, so why not? Uh, it, as I was telling Podman Ron, uh, it made me want to go back and rewatch the first season of True Detective and skip the second one and watch the third season, which I hadn't seen before. So uh, since I'm done with that, I finished Broadchurch uh, season one. My wife watched season two. I don't. I didn't really follow it as much. Uh, so I think I'll go back to True Detective for my uh, ten episode detective stories. Um, did anybody watch Mayor? I, I plan to. I've not watched yeah. it yet. Again, good. I have not, and I don't plan to. Don't plan to. I don't care to. All right. Don't plan to. Don't care to. Uh, well, something that maybe I can get uh, Alex's buy-in on. Uh, again, I found it on uh, HBO Max. Was Ghosts. Have you ever heard of this series, Alex? I feel like I know the movie Ghost. Is yeah. the, is pretty that similar. Pretty similar in the fact that it does have something to do with Ghost. Uh, no, but it's a BBC comedy where there's a bunch of ghosts that inha- inhabit a mansion. Uh, all from yeah, exactly. All from different ages. So there's like a caveman ghost, a Victorian ghost, uh, whatever type stuff, uh, and a long lost you know granddaughter inherits the mansion, and uh, wackiness ensues. You know she gets knocked on the head, and or she falls out of the, one of the ghost pushes her out the window, and then she's able to see and communicate with the ghost from there on out. Um, so again, kind of a standard comedy type stuff, but again, uh, I think it's, uh, only a handful of episodes, so it's a easy watch. I think it's two seasons, uh, maybe six or eight episodes each. Uh, and it's got all that wonderful British comedy, Alex, that I know you enjoy so much. Well, shit. I, I might just have to tune in for that. You may have to. And no one that I've recognized, so no one that I, that I know that has been on Doctor Who before, so... Uh, that was kind of always refreshing that you <laughs> see a, a, a British show that uh, had non-Doctor Who players on it. Oh, I'm sure they've all been in the makeup chair before. They probably though. have. You're right. You're right. They were all weeping angels. Exactly. Uh, so that's what, that's what I've been plowing through. And then I'm going to go back and start picking up The Neighbor, a, uh, a Spanish um, superhero sitcom on Netflix that uh, they just released season two of. So I need to pick that up. 
Um, and that was uh, my what you're looking at from uh, several several weeks ago. Uh, so there you go. That's my international what you're looking at. Nice. Uh, that's about it. I mean, hey, uh, this is a tight two-hour episode. When we skip God, a week, yeah. this is what happens, man. This is the of this. All right, Alex, weren't you going to talk about the uh, Disneyland thing? Oh, um, Avengers Campus opened today. Uh, it had its, I don't know if it was a soft opening or a whole launch, but they revealed the whole campus. Uh, it looks pretty cool. Um, the Spider-Man ride, I watched the someone filmed the whole ride through. It looks kind of lame. It doesn't look as cool as the one from Alan's Adventure at Universal. Uh, but I think overall, I think the park looks fun. They only said it's going to get bigger and bigger, um, the whole campus. And it's supposed to be like this international thing with like Disney theme parks coming in. Um, so yeah, it, it looked like a lot of fun and it looked pretty interesting. Uh, it'd be, I'm really interested to see where it goes. Um, but you know, they have a magic show with Doctor Strange. So that's all I could ever. <laughs> Doctor Strange see interacting me. with uh, people pulling things out of a hat. I love it. That's 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 all I could ever wish for at my Disney theme park. So yeah, the yeah. thing that I saw was you know with the Spider Man, it was kind of dumb at first, but I like when he swung, you know. Yeah, Spider Man for Link, but then it, then it got dumb again. So it was like, oh, yeah. I think I think it's there. It's always going to be their attempt to try to make it as I don't know. But have, know yeah, it's not for you know forty something year old men. I'm being kind to myself, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's, you know, I know it's geared towards more kids. So if you're like, you know, under 12, this would probably be the bit coolest thing ever. I mean, I'm 20 and I still think it's the coolest thing ever. And yeah. I, so, I, I mean, you know, I, I need to quit being a douche. So anyway, I'd, I'd go in a heartbeat. No, not I don't lie. know why I expect that, you know, it's real people that are, you know, <laughs> why ain't he really climbing down that wall? Well, the fact that he... he's harnessed in, it kind of breaks the reality of it for me. It kind of takes me out of it. Well, well, well now, the when he swung, that was the robot. Y'all know that, right? The robot, yeah. It's a robot? What? That's yeah. not the Uh-oh. guy. That's the robot. Well, now that's just ridiculous. Oh, that's pretty cool. Did it move that what way? robot is? I want to see a robot. I want to see what it looks like. Disney built a robot, yeah, Spider-Man, to, to, to do that stunt, to do the whole swing. Wow, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yep. No, I feel just DMR ridiculous. loves a robot. Well, no wonder he was much more cooler than the actor that was doing just jumps around on a box up on this, the catwalk. Well, I still think it was cool no matter what, and I'm very excited to go to Avengers Campus one day. I want Did to you see the uh, PIM, or the food court, basically, yeah. the PIM Labs? The kitchen. Yeah, I like saw that. that. Alex showed it to me. That was pretty cool. Do they, yeah. Can you supersize your fries there and stuff like that? With they have a, yes, you can. They have a, a $99 panini sandwich that you split with like the whole family, but it's they basically act like they're making a panini and they pass it through the, the, you know, the whatever MacGuffin and, and make it in, you know, the PIM particles make it giant. Huh. $99? That would have to be, I'd have to bring like 10 people in my family just to you well, know, you, make it You forget it's Disney, so that's probably about right for four. Oh, yeah, probably God, right well, for four or five. Good boy. Good Lord. 
I think it's God. But yeah, I'm. I think it would look really cool. They have like. Uh, I'm. I, I'm. I long for the day that I get to go to Avengers Campus. Wow. Yeah, I mean, when we've been to Disneyland twice, um, and what's funny is we saw Doctor Strange at Hollywood Studios when the movie came out because he's not one of those characters that's embargoed for Universal. Yeah. So Doctor Strange can actually appear at Disney World. And, uh, and we saw him. the Galaxy. And Guardians of the Galaxy. So, uh, but yeah, we, uh, at Disneyland, when we went, they still had the Bugs Life stuff there. Uh, but they had converted a part to like a city backdrop where you could get pictures of Captain America and Spider-Man and stuff like that. And they had the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. But it's a big piece of, it's a big chunk of the park between Guardians of the Galaxy and Cars Land, which we used to be the Bugs Land. Uh, because, or Bugs Life Land, I mean, there's, they could fit four or five rides back through there. Yeah. And if they wanted to, we do know that they're building like an Avengers ride, um, eventually, which I think is more like Flight of Passage esque, um, which is the Avatar ride in, um, Animal Kingdom. That'd be cool if you were riding, um, uh, Quinn Cycles. Yeah. That, I, it's supposed to go through like, well, Wakanda and like the, I think the villain is going to be like the brood. Um, mm. so yeah, that looks, I'm seeing pictures of that. It looks really fucking cool. So yeah, safe to say Avengers campus, like kind of like Star Wars land. It, it had its soft opening with one ride, but it's only going to get better as it goes. I'm really excited. Well, so Brian, you're the expert in Disney world. Is there any, uh, signs of this coming there? It can't. Yeah. They can't. The, what they're doing, the only thing they're doing right now is, uh, Epcot's got the Guardians of the Galaxy ride that'll open next year. Oh, okay. It, well, that's kind of cool. That's big. It's over, um, where, uh, tomorrow, where the Mission Space and, uh, Test Track is. Yep. It's where the Ellen's Universe of Energy used to be, <laughs> but they built a huge building. And it's cool. What they did was they, uh, this is the whole Disney thing. They've gone, they went and, and ran or had tests to figure out what color they should paint the building. So it, so that it, you can't see it and it doesn't take away from like the skyline. And so the, the, it looks like a clear cube, like because it does, it reflects the light and it's the right shade of blue. So when you're standing in the parking lot, it's like, oh, there's the park. Hey, look, there's a clear cube over here. No, it's the building, but it matches the sky perfectly, depending on, you know. Uh, and then not just any one particular part of the day, because it's got, like, a reflective material on the building. So that's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, the um, the Milano is, is the is the front of the uh, uh, of the building. And you can see the Milano now. You can see the whole building. It's it's, it's probably at least six stories tall, six, seven stories tall. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, we should have it next year. So that's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I don't know. It's really cool. It's really, really cool. Wow. It's huge. Holy shit. Did we lose uh, Brad? Huh? I'm here. I'm still here. I'm listening and listening to you guys enjoy your theme parks. Just a few margaritas. Yeah, I've just had a few margaritas. It'll take me a few margaritas for me to go to Avengers uh Castle and Disneyland, maybe, but yeah, yeah, it sounds great. I'm 
sure as hell excited for it. Good. I'm glad you are. I'm hell of excited. He's hell of excited. I'm pumped. All right. Well, I am pumped. This is the end of the episode, I think. (laughs) Coming in at a tight two hours. Uh, I've got to, I, I've got to watch Vampires uh, versus the Bronx. Uh, anything else worth watching out there coming up in the next week or so? I know Loki uh, is Loki, right around the corner. Loki's, yeah, Wednesday is next week. I'm actually really excited for that. I think I think yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to that too. Actually, a really good show. I don't know. Right. I have a punch. Because you know what's what's interesting about Loki and and Marvel. This is where Marvel succeeds at sometimes. It's like they've taken a character like Loki, who's an Asgardian. It's all that mythology stuff, and they've put him in a just you know time traveling, time variance, uh, trying like to change Eternals. things. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's just they just do something different with a character. They just put him in a different setting. And uh, I don't know, it makes it more interesting. Kind of like what they did with the Thor, the last movie, you know. They took, for the most part, took him out of Asgard, and he was in space most of the time. So, yeah, I kind of like, I'm kind of looking forward to this show, where I wasn't before, because I've never been a big Loki fan. So, Glad you got into the Heights. Oh, hey, into the Heights. In the Heights. Coming out Friday. Next week, yeah. Yeah. I'm actually looking forward to that too. Actually, that's yeah, 99% right now on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, and we know they're never wrong, so we've, we've never. proven that. Except with Modoc. Modoc, they love their Modoc. All right, well, so we've got a few things to watch. Uh, then we got a little, then we got uh, the 25th is uh, uh, Fast Nine. Tomorrow, <laughs> oh, yeah. July 2nd. Oh, Widow's like July 9th. Space Jam is July 16th. Oh, Snake Eyes is yeah, July twenty third. I ain't watching no Space Jam. When the hell is Ghostbusters coming out? It's in like October. Yeah, they delayed it. Delay yeah. 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 Kind of getting nervous about that. Kind of getting nervous about that. Uh, that movie. It seems like they just delayed. keep knocking it back. <laughs> Uh, somebody's talking. They're breaking up, though. I said, well. Well, that's about it. All right. Well, uh, Alex, even though your girl had no idea how to end the show, I hope you know how to end the show. Until next time. Save it for the podcast. There you go.